The following presentation is brought to you through the power of science. Shiny. Welcome to Generations Geek, a family-friendly celebration of geekdom by father-daughter crash test dummies. I'm science fiction writer Scott Pearson, and I'm joined, as always, by my daughter. Hello. And we are two generations of geek. This is episode 26, A Potpourri of Geekery, and we'll be talking about the shows, movies, comics, and books that have been driving our geek lately. But first, a program note. Due to unforeseen circumstances, more on that at the top of the show, we had to reschedule our previously announced interview with Veronica Belmont and Tom Merritt, hosts of Sword and Laser, but we hope to have them on our December show. While looking forward to that, keep an eye on us through Twitter and Facebook and get handy links to all our shows on the Chronic Rift Network at generationsgeek.com. Email us at thegeeks at generationsgeek.com and let us know your favorite geek show of the new TV season. Now, on with the show. All right, we are particularly happy to be here this episode. <laughs> we had a little adventure recently, you know, on a nice warm Sunday, sunny afternoon, round about two o'clock, and you just start feeling like, oh, I just want to take a nice cozy nap. Well, I had that happen to me, except unfortunately I was driving the car at the time. That feel when you fishtailed on the highway and then roll off at 50 miles per hour. Yeah, I was, we were driving home from out of town, just Ella and myself. My eyes closed for a little bit. Ella woke me up with a shout, but I was never really able to recover control of the car. We slid off the road, rolled over once, totaled our car, and we walked away without, without a scratch, basically. Mm -hmm. Two reasons why. Luck and seat belts. Wear your seat belts all the time. I don't know if we'd be recording this show right now. I mean, we'd be in, we'd be in much rougher shape if we hadn't been seat belted in. Oh, we'd... Because as you roll over and your driver's side window blows out, if you're, like, rolling around inside the car, yeah... So anyway, that's what I was mentioning uh, in the intro to the show. We'd be in intensive care we, if that... That Sunday night we were coming home is when we were going to interview Veronica Belmont and Tom Merritt, and we had to cancel the interview because we were stranded out of town without a car and etc. But so, we got to go to Ficker's Brewhouse twice, so it was okay. That's true. We got to eat at our favorite restaurant, my and, favorite restaurant, twice. Instead anyone of in our audience, if you find yourself in Duluth, Minnesota... Track, track down the Fitkers Mall and go into the brew house and have yourself some And fine then order meal. a classic wild rice burger with fries and a root beer. <laughs> and then go down to Canal Park and find the shop called Fizzy Water, which is oh like my God, Fizzy Waters. the gourmet soda shop. It's devoted to soda, to pop, whatever you call it in your Don't dialect. Don't even get me started. We had to go back there the day after the rollover and we buy broke, some of the... My sarsaparilla broke. We lost, uh, we lost some one of the grape knee highs. The like rollover. what radar for mass drinks yeah. fizzed and yeah. like was gone. Our, che our cheer wine. Oh, man. 
But we're back. We're and fine. And I got lots of hugs at school on Tuesday. Yeah. So that was the first ever Generations Geek public service announcement. Wear well, your no, seatbelts. The PSA is if you drift off the road, don't oh, immediately oh. steer back on. Yes. Let yourself Thanks drive for with, me. The, with the... With two of your wheels on the dirt and slowly go back on the highway. Yes, because what really got things going was that I had the understandable knee-jerk reaction when I opened my eyes and I was half off the road, I turned the steering wheel too quickly. And then I was asking a real smart car guy, former coworker of mine, how could I have, you know, obviously I should have pulled onto the road slowly, kept it under control, but I didn't. How do you get control when you're fishtailing wildly at highway speeds? And he basically said, well, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Be- you are a NASCAR driver. Yes, because the, the uh, specific kind of maneuvers that you have to do very quickly and, and precisely is just outside the experience of the average driver, and, the, and the, uh, the odds of getting it under control are just very, very slim, as I learned as we careened back and forth and back and forth across the road until we spun around and slid off. And so... Uh, I do have to mention that uh, throughout the entire scenario, I was just, like, holding onto my MacBook Pro. <laughs> so there's the real geek angle to the uh, whole frightening like, story. The, Don't worry, the computer is okay. The car started to tilt, and I was like, are we going to roll? And then my next thought was yes. And then I had a very conscious, I curled my body around my computer. <laughs> $12,000 of damage to the car, but the computer is fine, people. Don't worry. Yeah, the $1,200. <laughs> Computer. So, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to? What, what's what's the geekiest thing you're watching or reading or listening to lately that you want to share with the good peeps out there? Well, I am currently reading a series of young adult novels uh, called The Enemy. The Enemy is a zombie series with an interesting. And I didn't think zombies were that popular. I know. Are, pe- I mean, are people interested people, in zombies? Do people like zombies? I don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is I was not interested in zombies at all until we started watching The Walking Dead, and then I was like, "Hold up!" <laughs> yeah, well, you you were not a person into scary entertainment, See, horror kind of stuff. Yeah. But now you've seen but the I, way. It's so compelling, and the the books that I'm reading actually. Um, the zombies aren't technically dead, so they're not really zombies. Did you say the author's name yet? Charlie Higson, The Enemy Charlie Higson. by Charlie Higson, who is like, when I started his first book, I was unsure whether or not I really clicked with his writing style, but once you get a little bit used to it, it's definitely different than anything I've read before. Once you get used to it, it's amazing. Now, it's the, raw. He's ruthless. It's great. These, these dangerous creatures in these uh, books... They share like certain motifs with yes, the classic zombie, do. so um, it kind of fits in the zombie genre, even though they're not classic. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain it. Um, what happened was basically, on average, everybody sixteen and up got sick, um, and now kind of wander the streets trying to eat the kids. So you're reading about these kids and sometimes they're like nine years old and you don't realize because they're these long drawn out or not drawn out in a good way. 
chase sequences where they're stabbing things and like just disgusting things are happening <laughs> and then like an so older this kid is, gets there yeah. and is like how old are you and they're like nine but yeah obviously the audience for this book is older teenagers because they're yeah pretty uh gruesome stuff so it's, it's fantastic not bedtime reading for the uh single digit no i was age. reading it on the bus <laughs> And, like, such awful things were happening. I, like, couldn't keep my face straight. I was, like, horrified. And I kept being like, Ella, chill out. You're on the bus. You know, the public bus. Just chill. And then I'd start reading again, and, and I'd realize that my I was just grimacing. It's just so... It's so... And he just describes everything so interestingly and just, like, builds up the suspense. It's fantastic. I've been on what I like to refer to as a Star Trek binge. Because I'm a dedicated Star Trek reader, I read all the novels, but I tend to go for a few months at a time, or several months at a time, before I read them, so I have a nice stack. But then, for various reasons, the last, like, year and a half, almost two years now, <laughs> I've been reading all sorts of other stuff, I was doing some reviews, I had two reviews due a month, so I've gotten way behind on my Star Trek reading, but now... I'm going to do a big binge read and get caught up, and I'm currently reading. I have to do a shout-out to our friend Greg Cox. Holla! I'm uh, reading The Weight of Worlds, which is uh, an original series Star Trek novel that uh, has some uh, uh, religious fanatics in it, so it kind of fits in with things that are going on in the world today with people... Imposing their religious views on other people and talk about segues, fits. <laughs> <laughs> it begins. And uh, Agents of Shield <laughs> is back and it's breaking my heart. Please send help. <laughs> I guess we're moving on to TV now. Ah, <laughs> oh, fits. Well, yeah, oh I God. think maybe some followers of the show saw. I think it was a tweet I made. Uh, after the season premiere that was something to the effect of how many times can Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. break your heart in a single episode? Turns out a lot more than you would expect. I am devastated. It is so (laughs) sad and so well done. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Fiddle Bender Sticks? What? Ian... Ian Ian DeCastecker. Yes, that's what I said. (laughs) I don't even know if I'm saying it right. They are having representation of a character who has become not quite right in the head but the way they i don't know what to because he's not it's not like he actually has a condition it's because in the in the last season like he has brain damage basically anyways tbi traumatic brain injury basically but the way he speaks i was reading um i read an article about how to interact with autistic people in ways that's beneficial for both parties. And it reminded me so much of how Fitz is speaking this season yeah. that I was just really moved by how like how well they're having him be like represented because the I forget the guy's name. There's a guy who's really nice to him and whenever Fitz can't remember a word, he just immediately starts like just yeah. letting words roll off his tongue and he's fantastic and he just treats him like an equal. Yeah, they've done some great really character great. stuff there. And the show, for me, it's continued 
the uh, awesome streak it started last season after the Winter Soldier stuff. Yeah, the Winter Soldier really started it. Th- things are still just moving, just hopping. You don't know what's going to well, happen next. Well, they're not next. afraid to do stuff either. Yeah. Like, who would have thought at the beginning of the first season that they would have done this to Fitz? Nobody, because they were holding the show together, and they still are. We have to talk a little bit about The Walking Dead. We do. When we went to watch the second episode of The Walking Dead this season, I was thinking, I was feeling like, what episode this is this? The third or the fourth? Because the, nope, the second. Because the premiere, oh my God. they packed so much stuff into the premiere that it seemed like two or three episodes. That was crazy. It was crazy. Just when you it were, was crazy. You, know, I, you know, we're not going to do spoilers, but I was expecting a slow burn kind of start to the season, and instead it was just, just total crazy nonstop insanity. And, uh, well, I'm the most excited for next episode, actually, with Beth. And great, and great character stuff, too. Yes. Again, what really makes the show is the characters, and they're always developing arcs, and you're seeing the changes they go through for good or bad, because you see people you love do things that you do not love, even if you understand it, that they're driven to do certain things. So that that's what I makes don't it show so it to engaging. your youngest geeklings. We're a family friendly show. We which don't talk means about The Walking Dead that much on the show. We discuss things <laughs> in a family friendly way, even when the shows themselves or the books. The Walking aren't Dead traumatizes friendly. me. Do you remember when we watched District Nine and then two new episodes of The Walking Dead in the same afternoon? And was I was a bit just of like emotional, lying yeah. on the floor afterwards, <laughs> just drained. Don't show District Nine to anyone under fifteen. Unless they've proven they can handle horrible, <laughs> horrible things. Part of the horribleness is just there's graphic violence, but what really makes it so wrenching is the emotional angle. Oh, God. How you bond with the character. I can, and I see am the like emotionally drained that, after yeah. like two hours of talking with other teenagers <laughs> and watching District 9 and then two episodes of The Walking Dead nearly turned me into a sociopath. Let's <laughs> let's talk about some other shows quickly. Let's do. Have you been watching any? Have you watched Gotham? No. See, we've gotten out of sync here because usually we I've watch things. I've been watching Selfie. <laughs> usually we watch things together, but we've been gone our separate ways because Selfie had no appeal to me whatsoever. It's, I'm I'm watching it because it's Karen Gillan and John Cho. Yeah, so that sort of brings that. That's its geek cred there. It's not. But it's not that, a geek, but I th- it's not it, that it good. just looks awful to me. I have high hopes that I don't <laughs> think are going to be fulfilled. I don't think it's going to last. It's Karen Gillan and John Cho, so I'm watching it. I've watched all the episodes of Gotham. Uh-huh, which I desperately need to watch. Which you need to watch because I think you'll enjoy it. I'm enjoying it. It's not a perfect show, but it's enjoyable. They're doing some clever stuff with the backstories, although I think they're cramming too much in. He knows, Gordon knows... Too many references. <laughs> ...every future supervillain already. <laughs> but then how much more heart-wrenching will it be when, uh, when uh, like, yeah. they're grown up and he's like, everyone I know is either dead or a supervillain. It's even it's, more Batman than Batman. Yeah, but it's, but it's enjoyable. And uh, I have the weirdest, pickiest critique of it that I wish the cinematography was a little different. It seems like it's lighted like every contemporary cop show, 
and I wish it was a little bit grittier. I wish it cinematography lo- is my dog. I wish that it looked like it had been shot on film stock they dug up from the seventies or something. I watched the first episode of Constantine. Don't know if I'll go back for number two. I'm just so bad at keeping up with television shows. Sometimes, because because I'll be like today. I'm going to catch up on all my television shows, which is like really, uh, that's not really productive in the first place. (laughs) But then I go on my computer and I'm like, oh, hey, look, Tumblr's open. Let's go on Tumblr. And then I blink and I woke up at nine and it's 12 o'clock and I'm like, I haven't eaten. I haven't like put clothes on or. That's the, (sighs) the, the danger of the internet. You start looking at the Facebook or the Tumblr or the, or the Twitterverse. And the next thing you know, you're following you know what, links, no, you you're watching my, silly, you know cute my real, dog my puppy real videos or something. And my thing lately is Vine. I am so... Wasting your life six seconds at a time. Oh my God. But <laughs> I'm so... I'm sure there's... Like, fan, yeah. like I'm, I'm too deep. I was listening to a Vine mix on eight tracks. Do you know what that even means? <laughs> I don't actually... It they was were playing... a playlist of tracks that were used in popular vines. I am insane. <laughs> I'm obsessed with videos that are six seconds long, and I can't stop quoting them at school. Oh, boy. And no one knows what's going on. Yes. So while you've been doing this, you've fallen way behind on geek television, because you haven't seen The Flash yet either, have you? No. I I only just watched. But I saw I saw a preview I was going that. to, and then I saw a preview for it, and I was like, you know what? Maybe DC is not my thing. Maybe Marvel's my thing. <laughs> I would I would recommend you give it a shot. Yeah. I think it could get much better, but. <laughs> I mean, I bet it's already better than selfie, and I waste. Yeah, I, I twenty minutes an episode on that on Hulu Plus. I'll be going back to the Flash. I probably won't be going back to Constantine. Oh, and I started watching this British show called In the Flash, which is also about zombies mm-hmm. and has another new take on it. So basically everyone that died within the past year rose as zombies. So they are dead, but then they found a cure so that they don't act like they're not rabid, basically. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to eat people. Yeah, as long as they take their medication. Um, so they're called partially deceased syndrome sufferers, but everyone calls them rotters because everyone's racist. So it's basically like a melodrama with zombies. Yeah, it sounds cool. It's very intense and it's super cool. And the best part is they're gay zombies. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's an inclusive first, show. I was watching it because you know after ten seasons of Supernatural. Uh, when you start to watch in the flesh, you're like, are they? And then you're like, were they? And then you're like, no, man, that's, that's too much gay zombies who died and then came back and now that's, it's no way. I think. And then it's canon and you lose your mind. Yeah. Well, I think British television in general is more inclusive on that topic. Representation. What I'm really looking forward to are the shows that haven't started yet, all the Marvel related shows, all the MU shows oh that are God, coming on. Oh my God, I I don't even know. It's, I'm I'm going to have so much less of a life than I already have when those shows come yeah, out. Yeah, because... It's not even funny. Agent Carter, come oh on. Oh my God. I'm all over that. Now we have to talk about comic books. Let's go. 
even though I love everything nerdy and geeky, like, whatever, I am into it, I have never been into comic books, which is Even when you were really bizarre. little, you would occasionally pick up, we'd I go would to the get, comic like, book Donald store. I would get, like, Donald Duck yeah. comic books, and it was still like, this but is you, fun, but I don't yeah, love them. Yeah. I have started reading Fractions Hawkeye, and oh my god... It's fabulous stuff. Oh my god. The artwork, the plot lines, the the lines. Yeah. The, the character. The... I want Renner. I hope Renner's read the comics, these new comics. If he hasn't, he needs to because they're just fabulous and they just they just dovetail right in with his portrayal. I found a picture of him as Fractions Hawkeye. He was like wearing the shirt and had like band-aids all over himself. It was great. <laughs> and was this a doctored photo or was this a real... No, it was a real photo. Cool. Yeah. Which I think means he has read the comic books. Yeah. I have been picking up Hawkeye versus Deadpool and that's also very fun. And I've been meaning to uh, pick up uh, Secret Avengers because Hawkeye and Deadpool are both in that and they look really funny. They're really funny together. And it's really sweet because in all the comic books, you know, Hawkeye is deaf. It's canon that he's deaf. I don't know if they're doing this in the movies or not. But um, there was one part once at the beginning of the Hawkeye versus Deadpool thing. Um, Deadpool pulls down his mask as he's talking to Hawkeye. And then it's just because you're reading it from Hawkeye's perspective. So it's just like nothing. And then Hawkeye is like... I can't read lips when your mask is down or something. And so now every panel since then, Deadpool's had his mask up above his mouth so Hawkeye can read his <laughs> lips. So great. Nice. Even though they're like frenemies, it's fantastic. I'm going to give a shout out to a couple of comics that I haven't even read yet. <laughs> because I, I love the idea of comics, but I've, kind of like you, I've never been seriously into them. Well, even like The Walking Dead, it's like it's good, but I can't like get into it and, for and some reason. And generally, I compulsively buy the Star Trek titles that come out because Star Trek. Star Trek. But then I pick stuff up around the edges, and I just picked up the first issue of Parallel Man, which is uh, a new comic about a guy kind of jumping between parallel universes. Looks really interesting. Mm -hmm. Art by Christopher Jones, who's a great uh, artist here locally in the Twin Cities. And I picked up the first three issues of The Avengers. Now, wait for it. We're talking mm -hmm. about the British Steed and Mrs. Peel, The Avengers. Yeah, we are. So they started a little mini-series uh, mini of them recently. It was announced as six issues. They only did three. And then apparently the sales were so bad they canceled the rest. So I'm I'm bummed. Sad face. Oh my god, Age of Ultron! But the Age of Ultron trailer was leaked, and then after making all the compulsory Hydra jokes, Marvel resented the low quality and just decided to release the tra trailer about a half a week early. Because it was supposed to be on... Tuesday, Agents after the of next Shield. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. And then did you watch the high-res version? Of course I watched the high-res yeah. version. What do you think this is? And it was... <laughs> and it was so much better to watch it in high-res after watching the low-res leak because there were a couple of shots in there where you ah. weren't quite sure who you were seeing. You could kind of surmise... Like the I arm next to the have, broken shield? I think that must have, you know... It was Thor. 
Okay, we need to talk about James Spader because when you told me that James Spader, James was, Spader power, yeah, was playing Ultron. I had to say that I for Robert like, Meyer Burnett. Whenever James Spader comes up doing something, Robert will post via Facebook or Twitter. James Spader power, all in caps. <laughs> um, when you told me that James Spader was playing uh, Ultron, Free Enterprise, I director and writer of Free Enterprise. <laughs> Robert Meyer Burnett. I was like, I think I know who that is, but I didn't think about it until I Googled him and I realized that he was on The Office, right? And so he's sort of vaguely strange and sort of bizarrely threatening on The Office, but... <laughs> well, you see, the funny thing here to me is because you're a teenager, you're too young to be familiar with the long history of vaguely creepy and menacing characters... Played by that James, James Spader has played. Okay, so he's just in general vaguely creepy and threatening. He started out being kind of a normal person, but then he's sort of gravitated to certain roles that he's okay. Well, it's good, good because he can do it. He's very good at it, and he's just become the go-to guy when you want someone who's just kind of unsettling in some not quite you know sure why. But I he's got that a vibe. trailer makes me wish I could speak in the tone that he speaks in. <laughs> Because when I try to do it, I can't. Of course, I'm a teenage girl and I sound like uh, my little pony <laughs> going insane. I can't stop. I was like linking. I took the part right before he says like, No now, strings on me. Now I'm free. <laughs> there are no strings on me. And I kept sending it to all my friends. I'm like, this part though, this part though, this part though. They're like, Ella, what part? I'm like, this part. What are you? This part. I, I linked you it. <laughs> Somebody on Tumblr said that at the end of Age of Ultron, everyone should be, like, dying and it's hopeless. And then Ultron just kind of crumbles. And then Quicksilver and uh, the Scarlet Witch are like, told you our dad would show up. Their dad's Magneto. Which uh, is not going to happen. Due to various contractual obligations. So sad. I hope that this Quicksilver is exactly the same Quicksilver that was in Days of Future Past. He's got big shoes to fill. What's his name? He I can't remember does. the actor's name, but he did such a it brilliant was, like, job. Just his, like, whiplash. And <laughs> well, that sounded Southern, but uh, just everything. The way yeah. he delivers his lines. When he says, my mom used to know a guy who could do that. And then there's just this, this second reaction of, yeah. uh. And then we have the third Olsen sister, Who's like making a weird like from Godzilla? From Godzilla, who's yeah. now having like more roles than Mary Kate and Ashley, and she's good at it too. I'm really looking forward to that movie. She looks like she's gonna be good. Have she, you watched... she has the like messed up look. Like she's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been to a movie in the theater for uh, quite a while. What was the last one we saw? I don't know. Wow. But I rewatched The Winter Soldier, and I'm just you know. I'm sorry, but the entirety of the Winter Soldier, I'm just distracted by Scarlett Johansson's hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who made that decision? Who made the decision to just have her have a curtain of perfectly straight hair? Like, what? And then they were like, can you imagine people looking at test video and stuff? And they're just like, yes, this is a good idea. Have you noticed how now her hair in the Age of Ultron trailer, trailer is exactly how it was in the Avengers? Because that was perfect. It wasn't the crazy... Notice ringlets that she had in Iron Man and it wasn't the ridiculously straight curtain she had in Winter Soldier. <laughs> it was the nice, like, wavy bob that's perfect for her, okay? I'm obsessed with it. It's it's 
I will not forgive them. An Avengers movie stands or falls upon Black Widow's hairstyle. It does. <laughs> Natasha Romanov is so important. She's the reason the Avengers are here in the first place. That's true. Give her some respect. Give her some hair. <laughs> oh, and we might get we might get a Black Widow backstory in Age of Ultron. Did you catch the the flashbacks with the needle and like the ballet thing? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. her backstory. I didn't even connect the dots there to think what why are we and seeing And we only ballerinas? have like three new shots of Hawkeye, which kills me. And then we have Natasha but bonding with the Hulk as the Hulk. It's I hope just... they throw in a line or two where Natasha's like where Natasha just like punches Hawkeye when she's like where the hell were you? Like, because uh, the Winter Soldier. Did anybody other than me notice Natasha's necklace in Winter Soldier? She was wearing a necklace with an arrow on it. An arrow. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> oh, we've got Hulkbuster, which is just like... Iron Man Russian dolls, apparently. <laughs> yep. They just keep... Yeah, and eventually there's like a big one. Layer. And then the last layer, he turns in the Stay Puff Marshmallow guy from Ghostbusters. <laughs> That'd be a fight scene I want to see. It's for when... The Stay you know, Puff Marshmallow when... Man versus the Hulk. He... Because Hulkbuster, like, <laughs> throws down with the Hulk, wins, Bruce... Is back to himself, and then he turns into the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and just, like, hugs Bruce. <laughs> hug it out, guys. Yeah, hug it. Come here. <laughs> Bring it in. The, so... like, intense fist bump. <laughs> where yeah. <laughs> they're, like, fighting, but it's just, like, fist bump! <gasps> <laughs> I'm so ready. This movie better be, like, six hours long. And in other movies we're looking forward to news, The Martian which is Ridley Scott's movie that starts shooting next month. I'm going to reread that book. Based it's be on the so novel good. of the same name it's by Andy so Weir, whom, of course, we had as a guest on this very show. Who's fantastic. He's a fabulous, super so geeky nice. guy. And it's amazing. You know, his first book that he started self-publishing his, on beautiful. his website is now a Ridley Scott movie starring it's Matt Damon. It's a masterpiece. So it's... And I have instilled so much faith in Matt Damon for this role <laughs> that if he messes it up, stuff's going down. Yeah, yeah. If Matt Damon messes up The Martian, we riot. Other mo movies that are coming out that we may or may not be looking forward to, <laughs> <laughs> we have The Battle of Five Armies. Which should be called There and Back Again. And I'm, as as previously discussed in various episodes... I have great concerns about this whole series of movies, which hasn't grabbed me the way the Lord of the Rings adaptations did, but, wow. Let's talk about the Battle of Five Armies. They got lots of stuff going Here's on Here's what this has movie. to happen in the Battle of Five Armies. Because there's going to be three epic battle scenes. Spoilers if you haven't read the book. Here's what needs to happen. Thorin has to die, Keely has to die, Feely has to die, <laughs> and then Toriel has to die because I'll lose my mind if she doesn't. <laughs> they all have to die. And... Let me explain. Oh, and Smog has to die. The kid is just saying that she wants this, the characters who died in the book to die in the movie and not have that messed with. And then for Toriel, as I understand it, you want her to die because it bothers you continuity-wise that she's not hanging Number about. Number one, in... her entire thing is that this is our world, this is our fight. 
And I, like, if you think that she wouldn't have gone to the Council of Elrond and have let Legolas, the, like, dork just handle that by himself, <laughs> you can fight me again. She would have been there and she would have gone to Mordor no matter what it cost. And here's the other thing, is that if she dies... Like, if they imply she fades because Keeley died, then Peter Jackson can fight me, and he better get Anduril or something because I will win. <laughs> okay? I will have my vengeance. When, or maybe he could pull a George Lucas and insert Toriel into the into future editions of the Lord of the Rings movies. Well... <laughs> Digitally uh, paste her in there. <laughs> To maintain here's, the continuity. Here's what's going to happen. See, I think she could have She's just... not going to die. And then 15 years from now, when they remake Lord of the Rings, I will play Toriel. Okay. There's the deal. And then there can be, like, adorable pictures of me and Evangeline Lilly standing back to back like they did when the, when the new Star Trek movie came out with Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner and Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Those magazine covers. It'll be exactly mm -hmm. like that, but we'll both look like awesome elves. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time we have for this episode tune in next month for episode 27 with a little luck it will be the previously announced lasers geeks and swords as we welcome special guests veronica belmont and tom Merritt, co-hosts of the parsec award-winning podcast sword and laser generations geek is part of the chronogriff network which broadcasts from an interstellar junkyard of spaceships please give their other fine podcasts a listen at chronicriff.com Thanks for listening, and come, come back, back next, next time. time. No geeks were harmed in the making of this podcast. Ooh, shiny. <laughs>